Hello, welcome to NRAE, IICLE's podcast about all things law, big and small. My name is Courtney Smith. My guest today is Megan Tipaz. Megan is an employment and commercial litigator and is a partner at Freeborn and Peters LLP in Chicago. She is co-author with Stephen Hartman of a chapter titled Lawyers as Employees, Rights and Responsibilities for Ickles recently published Employment Termination, Employer Obligations and Workplace Considerations Handbook. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Courtney. This is a really interesting topic to me because there are so many rules and regulations that attorneys have to abide by as employees. And I wanted to quote real quick from your chapter. It says, lawyers face unique issues as employees simply because they are lawyers. Prospective lawyers are taught in law school that attorney-client fiduciary relationship is paramount and governed by the Illinois rules of professional conduct. So yeah, there's a lot of (laughs) rules that you all have to follow. So can we first talk about uh, a lawyer's duty to the clients? Um, What happens when a lawyer is leaving a firm? What what does happen with their clients or previous clients? Sure. Um, and that quote that you read um, is, is sort of encompassing kind of all the issues um, that come up with, with lawyers as employees, because unlike most employees who may owe a duty to their company, and that's it, um, lawyers owe both a duty to their company and also to the client. Um, and typically, those duties are aligned. Um, but when a lawyer leaves the firm, there can be a bit of a rub, and sometimes those two duties can start to conflict. Um, so there are some rules you got to follow and things to keep in mind to, to make sure you are satisfying both um, your obligations to both the client and the firm. Um, so when an attorney um, is preparing to leave the firm, the client, um, technically the client is the firm's client, not necessarily the attorney's client, even though often the, the um, client hires the, the attorney because they've got a relationship with a particular individual attorney. But in the eyes of the law, it's more seen as the firm's client because um, you know, the, the firm itself has the obligations to the client. So, so straight off the bat, it's, it's more the firm's client rather than the attorney's client, um, even if the relationship is more between one particular attorney. Now, that being said, um, unlike other you know, company assets or customers outside of the legal field, within the legal field, a client... Um, isn't really property in the same way that customers and other fields can be seen in the eyes of the law. And what that means and, and why, why I say that is because clients, if, um, if, an, if the attorney the client is working with primarily leaves the firm, the client can do whatever it wants. The firm doesn't own that client. Um, the client can stay with that firm. The client can go with the attorney that is leaving or the client can go elsewhere. Um, the client has full um, control over whom he, he or she wants to hire or to be their counsel. And that is really paramount in the Illinois rules of professional conduct that the client has to be given 
um, full authority to, um, to, to use whomever they want to. And that is a really important consideration um, that, the, that the rules and the courts keep in mind um, when an attorney is leaving to make sure that the client is notified and aware of its, um, its right to do whatever it wants with respect to its counsel. Okay, interesting. So what about rules like, um, I guess, solicitation rules and things like that? Those don't apply if there's already that attorney-client relationship? Um, That's an interesting question. And and like most things in law, it's somewhat gray. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Gotcha. But generally, um, generally the an attorney who's leaving a firm and wants to take, uh, we'll say his or her clients, clients that they have a relationship with, they are under a legal obligation not to try to solicit any of those clients until they've already left the firm. And that is, again, unique to, um, to law firms because the lawyer has an obligation to the, um, to the firm not to do anything to undermine the firm while they are an employee of that firm. So while it might seem counterintuitive if an an attorney has a relationship with all of their clients to not be able to tell their clients that they are considering leaving, that is the law and that is the rules that attorneys have to abide by. Um, So once once an attorney gives notice or, or quits the firm, then they can contact their attorney, their clients and solicit them and say, hey, come with me. There, um, there aren't really, uh, there aren't prohibitions on doing that um, with the caveat that that communication with the clients after the attorney has left still has to be very honest um, and has to notify the client that, yes, I, I'm leaving and I want you to come with me, but you also have the right to stay with the firm. Um, you cannot be duplicitous in any manner and tell the client, you know, you're my client, so we're going here or do anything like that. That would be, um, that would be against the law. That would be a breach. That would, um, that would cause problems. So you, the lawyer cannot solicit the clients while they're still working for the firm. But after they leave the firm, they're able to as long as it is, you know, above board in, in every respect. And the client is well aware of their um, opportunities to stay with the firm or go with the attorney, whatever the client really would prefer. Okay, I gotcha. That's really interesting. Is there any difference if the attorney doesn't choose to leave on their own, like the uh, the attorney is terminated? Per se? Uh, that that's a good question, and you know, really, that there's not legally speaking. Um, you still owe a duty to the firm uh, until you're gone, whether that's being whether you're leaving on your own accord or you're you're terminated. Okay. Um, and on the flip side, you st- you owe a duty to the client. Um, you know the the only I don't want to call it a difference, but maybe that where that would come up and get kind of gray is when you notify the client that you're leaving. Um, you know, I'm sure an attorney doesn't want to say, "Hey, I was fired. Come <laughs> right. with me." Probably not. Um, Probably not. Right, but um, but you also have an obligation to be honest. And on the flip side, the firm. Um, will probably want to reach out to the client as well and try to retain that client. And while in the case where someone's terminated, the firm could certainly say, we fired so-and-so, so stay with us. If that's factual, you can say that, but you would need to be careful 
um, because you really don't want to, you don't want to air dirty laundry, first of all, to a client. You want to be respectful. Um, you, you really don't want to either on the firm side or the departing attorney side, call up the client and talk negatively about either side of it. Um, it just really doesn't look good. Um, and it could, it, in other contexts um, and with other details, it, it could start bordering on a breach of fiduciary duty if you're talking badly about these, about your employer and the firm and, mm-hmm. and those things. So you kind of want to stay away from that. So um, while there are no differences with respect to your obligation to the client and the firm, whether you're terminated or not, it does sort of get in a stickier situation of communication with the client about why you're leaving. Um, and, and generally, I think people tend to just keep it pretty sterile and just say, you know, so-and-so has left the firm or I've decided to leave the firm and kind of keep right. it keep it like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned the attorney's fiduciary duties to the client. What does happen if the attorney breaches? Are there consequences like with the ARDC or, I mean, (laughs) I'm sure it depends situation to situation. Definitely. It definitely depends. Um, And there certainly could be um, consequences with the ARDC because these are not just common law fiduciary duty obligations. Um, They also are codified in the Illinois Rules of Professional Conduct. Mm -hmm. So an attorney could both be in violation of common law and have a cause of action civilly against them filed and also could be reported for a breach of their ethical duties. Um, So either one of those paths is available if if an attorney client or attorney breaches their their fiduciary duties to the firm or the client. Um, You know, it depends on how egregious the breaches are, but the, the penalties can be pretty stiff. Um, there aren't a lot of cases on these issues because for the same reason why lawyers and firms don't like to talk badly when they depart, they also don't tend to sue each other all that often on these issues. Um, you know, they, they just don't really want to air their dirty laundry and nobody likes to sue former employers. So there's not a ton of case law on it, but the egregious I cases think- have been litigated for sure. And Um, In some of those cases, you know, where attorneys have done things like, um, you know, printed out client lists or taken um, billing rates and, you know, financial information from their firm to leave and go start another firm and use that kind of information, um, surreptitiously calling clients that maybe they didn't have a relationship with at their prior firm, but calling every client from the other firm. Um, doing all kinds of things like that, that kind of behavior will probably draw a lawsuit. And um, the if they can, if they are found to be in breach of their duties, um, the courts have awarded things like uh, uh, punitive damages and made the attorneys um, forfeit any of their compensation, their pay that they received during the time where they were breaching. That's a pretty substantial penalty. Um, you know, imputative damages can be, you know, double the, any, any actual damage, which can be, you know, pretty substantial. Um, any kind of lost profits could be awarded to the prior firm. So the penalties are pretty broad and wide and the court has um, wide discretion to grant pretty significant financial penalties to, to really deter this kind of behavior. Okay. So that, that makes me wonder, you were saying you can't, you know, print out the list of 
clients or, you know, like the pay scale and stuff like that. Is there anything you can do if you're an attorney leaving a firm um, and you did have a relationship with the client? Can you let them know that you're leaving? I mean, what's the kind of line there? No, that's a, that's a good question. And whenever you start getting into line drawing in the law, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a sticky situation because this is not a black and white line at all. Gotcha. Uh, but there are some things that, that attorneys can do when they're preparing to leave. Um, you know, they can do some preparations to leave, um, you know, whether that's things like securing an office space or, um, you know, starting to get a bank loan or, you know, things like prep- preparations to start your own firm, you can do that because the law recognizes that your obligation to your clients requires you to be able to, to start working for them right away if they're going to come with you. Um, so that's kind of where some of that rub comes, where like these, these uh, duties can start to conflict and the law recognizes, no, we have to allow attorneys to be able to do some preparations because the clients rely on that and their clients need that. Um, so you are really allowed to do things like that. Um, with respect to notifying clients that you're um, going to leave, technically, yes, you can You can notify as long as you don't solicit and say, come with me. And I, I think there is a, um, there's a, an ethics opinion that specifically says you are allowed to do that and approves of, of the notice. Uh, in practice, it's pretty um, risky and, and somewhat dangerous to, to notify your clients before you leave because you can imagine as soon as you get a call from your attorney and says, I'm leaving, the next question is going to be, well, where are you going? Like, what's going to happen to me? Should I come? It's going to very quickly probably start getting into solicitation. And, you know, the attorney could certainly say, like, I can't talk to you about that. Like, we'll talk later or, or something. But you just risk that notice conversation quickly getting into solicitation territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while it's not against the rules to notify, it's difficult. Um, and if you were going to notify, you would really want to make sure that you tell the client upfront, you mean leaving does not mean that you have to leave and make sure that the client is aware of the fact that you're not taking them with you. The firm doesn't think that that client is owned by you or anything like that. The client um, needs to be cognizant of the fact that it doesn't change anything unless the client wants it to change something. Um, so that, that would be part of the notice conversation if you were going to do that. But in general, it's, it's best probably to stay away from, from that until you've left. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it seems like a really tricky area to deal with. Uh, very interesting to me. Yeah, it is. It is tricky to deal with. And, and all of it is all kind of a sliding scale. And like I said, um, a lot of gray areas, but even with the notice, um, if you were to notify a client that you're leaving, you probably still only can, can do that with clients that you already had a relationship with. Um, you wouldn't, a court would not look kindly upon you calling everyone at the firm and saying, hey, I'm leaving, I want you to know, even if you were going to leave after you've left and you want to solicit, the court probably would not look kindly upon you soliciting the firm's clients that you didn't even have a relationship with. You just know them as your prior firm's clients and trying to poach them that way. Um, you, you really would want to limit any solicitation post-termination to the clients that you already had a relationship with. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. So, uh, 
we've talked a lot about solicitation and there's also something in the chapter about competition with the firm after you've left. Could you kind of explain that a little bit to me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know, non-compete agreements we see a lot in um, all kinds of industries. Increasingly, courts have started looking fr- looking down upon non-competes in general, and they are um, they're less inclined to enforce them just in general. But with respect to law firms and non-competes um, for lawyers. Several years ago, the courts came out and just said that we are not enforcing them against lawyers at all. There is a blanket prohibition, um, which comes from the Illinois Rules of Professional Conduct. I think it's Rule 5.6, which um, just says they're not going to enforce uh, agreements between lawyers to um, uh, restrict competition between firms and attorneys. And the reason why that rule exists is because it is seen as limiting a client's ability to have whatever attorney they want to represent them. And, you know, as we started this um, interview, that is the paramount concern and paramount consideration is that clients have to be able to have whatever attorney they want representing them. And if lawyers are prohibited from competing and starting a new new firm, then that limits the client's options for which, which attorney they want to to work with. Um, So blanket rule, non-competes for lawyers are just, unenforceable, at least in Illinois. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that because that's, you hear all the time about rules like that. So I guess Mm -hmm. I just assumed that was something around here too. Very interesting. And there is, um, there's one exception um, in that rule in 5.6 for a pretty narrow exception um, that allows um, firms to have a non-compete with an attorney who is retiring and receives um, like retirement benefits. And that, that sort of agreement um, is enforceable because the idea is the attorney is actually supposed to be retiring and they're not, the firm shouldn't be paying them retirement benefits if they're going to go work for another firm. That is the only exception to this non-compete in that retirement context. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Could we maybe switch, switch sides here and talk about what the steps a firm has to take when an attorney leaves? Is there anything that a firm would do in terms of the exiting attorneys, clients, what they want to call, you know, can, can they call them and say, this person's leaving, but you're still our client? Or is that a thing that happens? Or um, Yeah, I mean, the firms have an incentive um, and motivation to keep all the clients that they can, right? In the same way a departing attorney has the motivation to, to take as many clients as they can. Um, so that motivation is on both sides. And Nothing prohibits the firm from trying to retain those clients. Um, You know, what the firm kind of would do, how this would play out, um, when when a departing attorney notifies the firm, I'm planning on leaving, um, typically the firm will say, if it's a partner in particular, um, okay, well, today's your last day. Um, And the reason why they they do that is so then the, the the partner can leave and both sides can start calling the clients and trying to retain them mm-hmm. rather than having this kind of overlapping period where the attorney can't call the client because he's still at the firm, but he has access to all the firm confidential information. 
So generally it's best um, after, after notice is given that it's you know, the, the last day or maybe a, a day or two later. Um, so that's typically how it, how it starts. Um, and the firm um, you know, should ask the departing attorney, and, and be honest, both sides being honest on this, of who do you plan on taking with you? What clients do you want to go with you? And that partner should provide that list to the firm. Um, and so they can both have full information and both contact those clients um, if they if they want to keep them. And, um, you know, when you make that call, whether you're the attor- departing attorney or the firm, like we, we mentioned earlier, the, the most important thing is to make sure the client understands that they mm-hmm. can do either option, um, leave or stay, and um, that the choice is theirs. They don't belong to either party. Um, so you, you can notify the client and make sure they're aware of that. Um, you know, the firm would want to also you know, remind the departing attorney of its obligations to maintain confidentiality. Um, regardless of any kind of restrictive covenant agreement, the, the departing employee still is going to be under an obligation to not use firm confidential information at a, mm-hmm. a new firm. Um, so I, the firm should remind the departing attorney of those obligations. Um, you know, another thing that the firm should do um, is, you know, the firm may have a non-solicitation of employees agreement with their with their partner. And if so, you should remind the um, departing attorney of that obligation as well. Um, you know, whether, whether a non-solicitation agreement for employees would be enforceable against attorneys in Illinois is a little unclear. It's, it hasn't really been challenged. Um, but many firms have them at this point, so you would want to um, remind the attorney to, to keep um, in compliance with that obligation as well. Um, you know, other than that, there's you know there's not much that the firm would really need to do. Um, <clears throat> you know, other than you know keeping in mind that you know what we talked about earlier that you want to the firm would want to be honest with the client and, and not badmouth their former employee or former yeah former employee. Um, and just to make sure that the client um, feels that they have the power to do to do what, do what they want, and you're not manip- manipulating the client to stay with you by saying the employee left because he was a bad employee or anything like that. Um, you want to you want to make sure that the client receives accurate information, respectful information, and, and then makes input. Oh, so we we've so we've talked about it kind of from both sides as the attorney leaving or as the firm that the attorney is leaving. So is there anything else that we didn't cover that you think is important for attorneys? Because there isn't an itemized list of you can do A, B, C, and D, you cannot do E, F, G, and H, not that clear cut. You just need to um, remember to the things that look sneaky or um, underhanded are going to be frowned upon in, in the court. And it's just, there isn't a bright line test and, you, ju- you can't be dishonest and you can't do things um, behind the firm's back, behind partner's back, lying about things. That's going to tip the scales to uh, be seen as a breach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, candor and honesty is sort of at the heart of all the legal ethical rules um, that apply to lawyers. And particularly so with respect to, to leaving the firm that you owe duties to um, and, you know, to make sure that those those duties are satisfied, same with the, the clients as well. Um, so that's kind of the overarching consideration is just the, the duty of, of candor and honesty and um, 
kind of doing everything above board, even though you're parting ways, you need to be open and honest about it. Thank you so much for being here today, Megan. We really appreciate all the information. And to our listeners, if you would like to learn more about ICL or our handbooks, please visit our website at www.iicle.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for being here today, Megan. We really appreciate all the information. And to our listeners, if you would like to learn more about ICL or our handbooks, please visit our website at www.iicle.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.